G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, Melbourne has given itself the best chance to finish second and the advantage of a home qualifying final after dominating Brisbane on Friday night football. Melbourne's percentage has grown through the night to 130.5. Melbourne do a real number on the Lions at the Gabba. They book their place in the top four. They make their claim for a home qualifying final and they tune their game up for their premiership defence in September. The D's home by 58 points. And coming up, we'll hear from our AFL Nation experts as well as Simon Goodwin and Chris Fagan. The two coaches will be feeling very different, no doubt, this morning after the D's big win. And apart from that victory, it was an alleged sledge directed by Brisbane captain Dane Zorko to Melbourne defender Harrison Petty about a family member at three-quarter time that was the other storyline. With Petty overwrought with emotion during the break and needing to be consoled by teammates and the coach, it led to football manager Alan Richardson communicating with his opposite number at the Lions to be made aware of the incident and it appeared Zorko apologised or clarified the situation with Petty after the final siren. The D's confirming post-match that the matter has been handed to the AFL. The game itself was almost over by midway through the first term. That's certainly the way it felt. The D's had Brayshaw tagging Neil while Hibbard was set for Charlie Cameron. But it was as a collective that they were clearly on another level to the Lions. While Brisbane looked emotionally ready for the action, they simply couldn't match the Demons in contest or with system. The Ds dominated the inside and were getting it to the outside effectively. In contrast, the Lions couldn't find their favoured path out of defence. They wanted desperately to access the corridor and find the quickest way home, but Melbourne was so well set with their defensive grid. They were so well deployed that it kind of left the Lions paralysed, and when they did try to force the issue, they often failed and turned the ball over. The defensive issues were also apparent as Fritch and Brown were able to mark regularly right from the start, given way too much space, and it was a sign of things to come. A long goal from Danaher after the Dees kicked the first three goals in a dominant start to the match proved to be a false dawn as they reasserted their authority with Cozzy Pickett finishing the opening quarter with a belter of a set shot from the boundary for his second. So not only did they trail by 31 points at quarter time, the Lions also faced the prospect of losing Cam Rayner for the first final. He's on report for a dangerous tackle on Ben Brown, who went off bleeding to the mouth, but did return, so a likely suspension might just be one week. It was a much more even battle at the start of the second term, but then the Demons were even more destructive. They banged on seven goals to one, with just about everyone getting on the act. It wasn't just the usual Gorn, Oliver, Petrarca and Brayshaw domination. Pickett was electrifying with four first-half goals in all. Brown had three of his own by the major break. And Fritsch, who entered the game with four goals, and Melksham also played their part in a forward half that really is functioning so much better than it has been for much of the year. Another damning stat was Melbourne kicking 48 points in the first half from footy one in the back part of the ground. The defenders themselves dominated in the air with Lever, who incidentally kicked his first goal for the Ds and his first goal overall since 2017 in that first quarter. May, Petty and Rivers were all influential in their own way. Halftime score, 13-3-81 to 2-3-15. 
And the second half was of little consequence apart from determining the final margin and therefore setting a marker for Sydney to beat St Kilda by on Sunday if they want a home qualifying final. Luke Jackson reminds everyone of all his skills. He was ultimately subbed off uh, as Barry was for Brisbane quite late. Barry with an ankle injury, which he played out most of the game with. From a statistical point of view, Oliver had 30, Brayshaw 27 and Petrarca 23 along with two goals. Neil managed 29 despite being tagged and McCluggage had 24 and two goals with Matheson trying hard as always with 23 and a special mention to Michael Hibbert for containing Charlie Cameron. So let's hear from AFL Nation expert Nathan Jones on the D's dominant win. Oh, the Demons looked ruthless and sharp. There's so many superlatives for the way they played again tonight. I think they obviously, I don't think it's obvious, in the last what, five outings now, some ten outings really, that they have the Lions measure. Um, and in quite a significant way if you were to look on in the last two or three games. So, again, they dominated uh, in the contest, but tonight they really just pulled them apart, uh, you know, on, on offensive transition. You know, I, I, they scored countless amount of goals on turnover and really opened up uh, what was quite a passive defensive effort from, from the Lions. Now, it's, a, it's more of a system-type thing from where I sit. I'm, I'm watching it and how they execute it, that Melbourne just really ripped them open. And it wasn't through a lack of trying. As we've, we touched on during the night, you know, they were just outclassed, really. You know, Brisbane tackles inside forward, 50 tackles. Uh, you know, the contest was relatively even after quarter of time. You know, stoppages and clearances were relatively even. But ultimately, it was just the class of Melbourne's ball movement that just and efficiency just tore, tore them to shreds. And let's now hear from Jonesy with his thoughts on where it all leaves the Lions. S- sort of. Like, I think the, the fix isn't an easy fix. Uh, you know, you can probably, you know, I'm sure internally they rile themselves up around the contest and in in some capacity watching the game, it's almost a bit of huff and puff, really. Uh, you know, it was... I spoke about and we laughed about it a little bit, but the fire in the belly and the ice in the mind, they just, that was like fire in the mind for them, just running around rampant with no real kind of composure and, uh, I guess, ability to execute with the intensity and ruthlessness needed against the best sides. So, uh, where Melbourne exposed them quite significantly was what I touched on in the post game around their ability to be able to move the ball from end to end and, they scored at free will, really, from from Brisbane's forward line. They were able to just transition the ball the length of the field, and that that's a that's probably the most disappointing thing. Uh, you know, not being able to close outlets and and create enough pressure inside forward fifty to lock it in there, um, and Melbourne too easily and freely just move the footy from end to end, which um, you know I'm, I, they've they've shown that they're capable, but I think that really. Uh, that has to dent their, their confidence and belief for sure. So Melbourne will finish second unless the Swans beat St Kilda by over 50 points, depending on how high scoring that game is on Sunday. It was enough to delight Simon Goodwin. We will get to the game in a moment, Simon, but can you tell us what happened at three-quarter time? There we saw some scenes we don't usually see. Obviously something happened between Zorks and Harrison Petty. Yeah, obviously Pets, you know, thought he had heard something um, inappropriate about a family member who's a bit upset about it. Um, you know, Brisbane have, have spoken to us 
um, and obviously the AFL will look at it, but um, you know, that's pretty much what we the details that we'll give at the moment. It's going to hand over to the AFL, but um, you know, Pets, you know, was a, a bit emotional at three quarter time. He went away, reset himself, and and came back into the game. So that's as much detail as we're going to go into today. Um, but you know, as I said, Brisbane have been quite apologetic towards us, um, and that's the type of footy club they are. They're very respected, humble footy club. So. Um, you know, we'll take him on that word. How's Harrison now? He's fine, yeah. So he's uh, he's all good. As I said, he reset himself. He took some time out, three-quarter time, regathered himself, spent some time on the bench, and then we got him back into the game. You know, he thought his last quarter was pretty strong. Uh, Luke Jackson, he's in. Got subbed out of the game. What's the latest? Is it knee? Is it... No, no, he just had a corky to his calf, top of his calf. Um, he had it for the majority of the game, and it just started to really tighten up late in the game. So, um, you know, just took him out of the game. Um, and we'll see how that settles down in the next few days. And what did you make the performance? was emphatic tonight, wasn't it, from the, from the get-go? Yeah, look, it was. And, you know, I thought I'm just so proud of our playing group and our club in general, just to be able to put ourselves and focus on what we could control tonight um, and come out and start the way we started with the intensity um, in another big game. Um, it was just brilliant the way the players went about it and uh, as I said I'm very proud of our footy club to be sitting in this position um, to give ourselves the chance and you know, as most coaches will say that season's now done and we start another one and um, you know, we're giving ourselves a chance to prepare really well and give ourselves the best chance to perform. The Lions on the other hand will only get a double chance if both Fremantle and Collingwood lose their respective matches to the Giants and Blues. But if they both win, then it'll be six on the ladder for Brisbane and a match against Richmond at the Gabba. So let's hear from coach Chris Fagan. Fagan's obviously disappointing results tonight, but what aspect of that loss um, hits hardest right now? Uh, just probably particularly in the first half, more, more our ability to spread to the next contest, I thought. Melbourne did that much better than we did in the first half. Um, we certainly got better in the second half. I think we won the second half. We were much more competitive in the second half. Um, but that that was probably the biggest issue. We, and we turned the ball over a little bit for them. And some of those things, some of those turnovers, you couldn't defend. So uh, a little bit difficult in that regard. And Melbourne had a, an unbelievable night in front of the goals. They they kicked some some great goals, and they they are, were able to capitalise on all the opportunities that. Um, they created for themselves or we presented to them by our ball use. So, um, particularly in the first half. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'd, I'd say. Does that, how much damage does that do, I suppose, psycho psychologically heading into the finals? Is that, how much of a dent is that to your confidence moving in mm. to the finals? Do you just brush it off or does, yeah. it, does that linger a bit, do you think? Uh, I suppose it, as much as we allow it to, in a sense. I mean, we, Melbourne gave us a hiding back in round 15 and we recovered well to, to play a good game against the Dogs the next week so um, we've got that capacity to recover we've got two weeks to do it um, it's a, it was like tonight interestingly enough statistically the game wasn't like the belting we got in round 15 like you know we were minus 19 or something in inside 50s in that game tonight we're in the positive we we created more opportunities for ourselves but but basically in our own forward 50, we, we couldn't win the contested ball. We, we went down by 10 in contested ball. Last game it was 38, but tonight I think we were like minus 17, minus 18 in the forward 50. So um, credit to their 
their defenders and their team defence that they didn't allow us to score. But in lots of ways, we did better tonight against Melbourne than we have done for a while. It might sound strange for me to say that, but we actually have to pick out some of the, the positives. We had 28 forward half turnovers. Uh, but we weren't, weren't able to turn those into scores well enough. We just sort of just banged the ball back in instead of lowering our eyes. And when we did lower our eyes, we created opportunities for ourselves. So even the shot differential, you know, last time it was they had 19 more shots. Tonight it was eight more shots. So the, as a coach, I'm going to look for some of the positives. I realised that it wasn't a brilliant performance by us by any stretch of the imagination. And as I said, the most disappointing thing was probably our spread from contest to contest um, and, our, and our inability to, to win uh, the ball when it hit the deck in our, in our forward line. Chris Fagan finishing our look back on Friday Night Footy. Don't forget to listen to Crunch Time for more discussion and analysis on the game and then the rest of Round 23 on AFL Nation. But why not relive all the highlights from last night and Melbourne's 58-point win over Brisbane. Gordon didn't get access. Loose ball. Melksham gave it a picket snap for goal. Coming up, 40 out. It's Drew. Picks up where he left off last week. Picket. Jake Lever, three career goals. None this year. Thumps the footy at the big sticks. It's a good-looking shape, and it got there. He's <laughs> most surprised indeed. Eyes lit up. Jumps into celebrations with a half a dozen teammates. That is not the favoured way, and it is a beaming smile from Jake Lever. He tracks that and then delivers compellingly from Fritz. 45 metres out, just slide to the left, never in doubt. Neil has to go to work and he barges his way through the centre square. Delivers to Danaher right on the 50. Danaher gives it a whack from 52. That is pristine. And over the line she goes. Neil Bullen charges up, takes the mark, turns quickly into the 50. That looks good. Ben Brown. The strides get longer as he gets closer to the 50 from 49 metres. That looks absolutely perfect. Long kick, Harms to the square, Langdon at the back, juggled the mark. He was able to keep everyone else in front of him. An unlikely forward target, but he drilled it out with his follow wingman in prior. He runs around and puts it through. Melbourne have five on the board. He's going quickly, Pickett's unmarked in the pockets. Close to the fence, Cosy Pickett in rare goal-kicking oh. form. He's bending it, bending it, bending it. That is absolutely superb. The Lions look for some flow through the middle. Kick to full forward, McStay stands his ground and marks. The Lions have come out with a renewed urgency at the start of the second term and they have a goal for it as McStay splits the middle. Gardner on the spoil, Langdon does the roving, out to pick it, mark it down as a behind. Oh no, a goal, a goal. Got to the point of the 50 and pinpoints Ben Brown. And will the Boomerang come back? It does! Arm in the air to celebrate for Ben Brown. That's an eighth goal for Melbourne. Rivers to Viney, threads a pass, delivers to Fritsch, kicks to full forward. Oh, Gardner got a bit lost, made a spoil rather than Mark. He's going to give Pickett his fourth. One way, then the other, and he swings it through for another. Underneath him, though, Melksham swoops on the ball. Hand pass, Petrarca. It'll need the bounce to go his way. And of course it does. First goal to Christian Petrarca, and this game is just about done. Melbourne's percentage has grown through the night to 130.5. Melbourne do a real number on the Lions at the Gabba. 
They book their place in the top four. They make their claim for a home qualifying final and they tune their game up for their premiership defence in September. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.